Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. It's through the expression of remorse, that's what supports the person to change. And it feels terrible, generally. feels quite uncomfortable. But that difficult feeling is why the change then happens. No pain, no gain. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In this third installment of a four-part series, we cover the importance of remorse and how it plays a significant role in the creation of change. How do you react when an employee does something wrong? The job of a skilled manager is to help others express remorse and encourage positive change. But there's a fine line between ensuring someone feels appropriately bad and justifying abuse or harassment. In this episode, we discuss the power of using emotional discomfort as a positive tool for personal and professional growth. It's a hot topic you won't want to miss. This episode is from a recent weekly member webcast. For more information about the many benefits of clear and open membership and how to get the help you need in conversations like this, go to clearandopen.com. Thanks so much for listening. Now let's dive in. To me, the, the key is in how I define remorse. Remorse is a relational expression of I did something bad. Feel bad criticizing Brene Brown because this is literally the only thing I, I think I can come up with to disagree with her, but I think her terms are incomplete. Um, I don't like that she uses guilt for to describe I'm bad because to me I think it's too loaded a term. And she she says that um, shame is correlated with recidivism, repeating the bad behavior, and guilt is. Um, is uh, uh, correlated with change. And what I suspect, though, is that she's not looking uh, with a fine enough distinction there. So I make another distinction. I'd make the distinction between guilt and remorse. So guilt is, uh, I did something bad between me and me, but I don't tell anyone. That's how most people experience guilt. Remorse is the expression of that guilt with a concerned other party, right? When you apologize for having hurt someone, you're not expressing guilt, you're expressing remorse. That's how I would say that. Because how many times have you felt guilt about something, but then not actually owned it with the person that you wronged? I don't think that creates change. I think it's better than nothing, certainly. But justice is done another all these terms have to be defined but to me justice is done justice occurs when you express your i feel bad about what i did to the person it impacted you remorseify you express remorse and then you've all had this experience when someone expresses remorse to you about having wronged you you relax that's justice it's an emotional thing, justice, 
we don't think of it that way because we think of scales and robes and big wooden benches and stuff. So what this, all of this comes down to, this is all this fancy metaphysical stuff, all this comes down to the role of a manager is very often to help someone feel appropriately bad about something and express remorse because people in general suck at expressing remorse, right? Why? Because they're so caught up in their own shame. Oh, I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. And if I communicate to, to the person I impacted the bad thing I did, well, that's just going to validate how bad I am as a person. Mm. You see, that's the story. Therefore, I can't express remorse because it will be revealed my essential badness and I'll go to hell or whatever the story is. Paradoxically, that's the thing that actually holds the whole system in place. So it's through the expression of remorse, that's what supports the person to change. And it feels terrible, generally. It feels quite uncomfortable. But that difficult feeling is why the change then happens. No pain, no gain. In other words, what I'm asserting is, is that the same way when you're studying really hard and you get a headache, the same way when you do squats and it makes you want to vomit, this is the emotional equivalent of earning change. You earn a change inside yourself by facing the embarrassment-like, humiliation-like, awful feeling of admitting the bad thing you did. That, that that pain is like a muscular kind of pain. It's an exertion that creates growth somehow. And it's not hard to theorize why that might be. Um, anyone who knows about uh, learning theory and, and uh, memorization stuff knows that uh, strong emotion and memory go really, really well together. When there's really intense emotion going on, you remember stuff. So if you're talking about the bad thing you did and it's so emotional, you feel like you're going to fall apart, that like gets tattooed into your emotional body in some way in a way that when you're just keeping it to yourself between you and you and mitigating those difficult feelings, it doesn't, doesn't touch you in the same way. I've heard an expression, the body remembers. Yeah. I came across that only recently, actually. I think that's what you're talking about. So, yeah. So this leads me to the, um, a potentially very controversial topic. And that is like, what is the role of a manager to inflict emotional pain on their employee? Mm -hmm. That's sort of what we're talking about here because this is very delicate territory because you could end up in the territory of abuse very, very easily. So the skilled manager can, can tell whether the employee is feeling appropriately bad enough or needs to be feeling worse. And that's a really tricky thing. Because if you make them feel worse, then you might push them over into shame. Well, I can see if you're making them feel bad about something that isn't work-related, that's wrong. Yes. But if they keep dodging a client's question or they keep being confrontational with a client or they're not getting the reporting done accurately or on time or they're not following up all those things, there seems to me a path of heat that includes that embarrassment, shame, 
is is needed. But the like what I've been kind of working through this week is how do I guide those people managing people here in what's appropriate and when to stop and what there's a legal liability to uh, uh, the most common you know employee lawsuit is harassment. Really. So, yeah. And so this is a really interesting topic to me. So just mm-hmm. adding my note of following. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What occurs to me in this moment, I never realized is the, the entire accountability path is actually a, about getting to this one place or not needing to, right? The accountability path, but starts, starts with a whisper and ends with a yell is all about doing everything you possibly can first to avoid having to humiliate someone or let's say uh, to, to intervene. Humiliation I'll define as, as being a negative thing. Humiliation is when someone is made to feel bad in a way that's unjust. That's how I'll, I would define that. The word I, I think I'm going to end up using is exposing, which is a word that gets used in, in therapy sometimes. So exposure will define as that's a, a healthy revealing of a you know bad behavior making someone feel bad about something that they did exposing them in a way that is real and true and just best word i can come up with has that a little bit of that uh you know trench coat flasher connotation but i think we'll have to deal with that <laughs> it's been a week trying to find the right word that's so 70s though yeah it We're is well past that yeah. It seems like you can't avoid, if you're doing it well, you can't avoid but embarrass and humiliate because, or they need to be fired. If you presented in the notice, the nudge, the talk, the confrontation, and up to the line, what they have done, and they're not embarrassed and humiliated at that point, then they need to be let go. And Probably. so that, that's what I've been not struggling, but uh, wrestling with this week, yeah. and I think a healthy way of how do we uh, how do we guide our people here on how to do that with and also protect the company from you know going too far and, and a liability of, of harassment and you know that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So let me say a couple of things about that. One is the related to the the liability thing. That's why you start with the notice. And when you get anywhere near the conversation, or I guess probably beginning with the nudge, you start to document, right? So if you're turning the heat up, you've documented the reason why. That protects you from people feeling like it's unfair. And not just from a legal perspective, but you're actually helping to manage their reality. Like, hey, we've talked about this before, right? Because the whole thing about the difference between uh, unproductive shame or humiliation and um, productive uh, remorse is whether they feel like they deserve it. And this is right from Brene Brown's work. When you, if you cause someone embarrassment and they feel like they deserve it, right? They were called out on being late in front of the whole class or whatever. Um, that results in productive change. But if you embarrass someone and they don't deserve it, or you do it in a way that's cruel then that creates the opposite effect, right? So the accountability path by going step by step by step, and I always encourage managers to be transparent. Here's the path. Here's where you are on it. 
You're in control. This is your destiny. Next stop, the line. You, it's all in your hands. What do you want to do here? So when you do that, you're, you're making a logical, rational case for why you're making the person feel so bad as best you possibly can. And um, the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, when you spoke about wrestling with this, maybe you'll solve this somehow, Jamie. I uh, wouldn't put it past you, but I've been wrestling with this for 15 years. Because something in me, this is why I produced the accountability path, I guess, something in me is just not okay with reality how it is. <laughs> and I work every day on accepting what is better and making an end between accepting what is and, and promoting change because my job is to help change happen. But just this last week, I was so tough on a client and um, I felt terrible about it. It's just, it's, it, I, I hated it. And I didn't hear from him for a day and another day and another day and another day. And he sent me an email today finally and said that he was on, that he was working on the thing that he needed to be working on. And uh, he thanked me and wrote, uh, said, thanks for pushing me, even though I hate you in the moment when you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And then in that moment, it's like, oh, I can exhale. Because like for four or five days there, my mind's been in this loop of like, God, are you too hard on people? Is this, is this because of your parental wounding, how your parents didn't listen to you? So when people aren't listening to you, you freak out and like, maybe, God, maybe you need to talk to your therapist on Wednesday about this. Cause it's like, is it Trump triggering you? Like I'm in this total mind swirl about, I must've done something wrong. And is this essentially something bad about me that causes me to be such a hard ass? And I'm still in the question of, is this essentially me or is this something that was conditioned into me? You know, maybe one day I'm enlightened and I turn into a super nice guy like Ajashanti. Or maybe it's essentially me that I'm the kind of Zen teacher who walks around with a bamboo stick and hits you when you start to fall asleep because there are enlightened masters that do that too. <laughs> So I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm wrestling with that, with that question. I can be really sweet, nice guy too, but, um, but I follow the path and this is what, what sort of makes me crazy in a way. I don't know how to describe it. It's just, it's, it's mixed up in me. I'm just trying to be transparent about it here. It's like, okay, so the, the, like for the last five days in my head, there's been this battle of like, I think you were too hard on this guy. I think you were too hard. And I'm like, I don't know. It seemed to really work. And what else were we supposed to do? You know, this was, he, he told us this is what he needed. And then, and then I go to the, the, the Brene Brown research that says like, people need to feel bad. Like that's all the scientific evidence says that making people feel emotionally bad works as long as it's not shame. Right? So then there's this whole other really interesting question of what is the authority's responsibility to support the person to not feel shame, to have it go into remorse bucket and not shame. And how do we recognize that? Because that's oh. where, I, where I put myself in the therapy position, therapist position and I'm sitting there going, it seems, seems like they're going into shame. Yeah. Well, that's a tricky thing, even if you're a therapist, because a lot of times the nature of shame is it's so yin and so contracted, they, may, they very well won't express that. 
right? So that can be really tricky. So just, you know, don't think that just because you don't have like 20 years experience as a therapist, like that, you know, therapists are still learning about this too. Um, and, and then even within the therapy land, there's huge argument about, um, about whether exposure is even worth the risk. Because if you expose someone too much, it can go into a shame bucket and then it can flame out. And so the pro-exposure people like me say, well, if you don't expose them, they may never change. The anti-exposure people say, well, if you expose them too much and it goes into a shame bucket, they may quit therapy and then you'll, they'll never get the help that they need. And then lots of places in between. There is no resolution to this question yet. It's just a debate. There's different schools of thought. And as a pro-exposure, uh, as an exposure proponent, I look at the, the therapists who tend to be anti-exposure are usually caretakers in ways that's really easy to see. So they're summarily dismissed in my mind. But then they could say... Well, you exposure proponents, you have childhoods like Joseph Shapiro had where your parents completely ignored you for your entire life and you've got a bone to pick and you're trying to get everyone to wake up. Guilty as charged. <laughs> you see? I don't know. Isn't a good way to tell the difference is if they're focused and you're focused on the action that was done versus their essential quality. Certainly, like, yes. You are not an awful client manager, but this action was be below our standards. Yes, exactly. You focus on the actions and 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 um, the, there are things you can do. It's just when you have the question of, okay, is this person going into regret about the action or shame about being a bad person? And if you have that frame, you'll start to see different things. Uh, and don't think that like it's your ultimate responsibility to keep them out of shame. You know, that's totally over responsible. You, you can't do that, but you can help as best you can. Like starting with a sandwich, you know, you start with all the good things about them and then you go into the bad things that they're doing and then you finish with the good things about them. Right. You do that kind of stuff. And if you see them going into shame, you know, you, you, you back off a little bit and you go, Hey, just want to name like this has nothing to do with who you are as a person. I know that this, this, and this about you, because what comes to bear in that moment is your relationship with them, right? You're not going to do this with an employee on their fifth day, right? You're going to do this with someone you've built trust with. That's what that means. You built trust that it means like they experience that you experience their essential goodness. It's not enough just that you experience their essential goodness. It goes back to the beginning of the conversation, right? It's not enough that you experience their essential goodness. They need to experience that you experience their essential goodness. And this is where management techniques like reflecting being rather than doing comes in. So rather than reflecting to someone what a good job they did about a thing that they did, you can do that. But in addition, reflect a quality excuse me, reflect a quality of being to them as well. Hey, great job with that client call. You know, you really rocked it. I so appreciate your determination and care, right? Doing then being. So you're constantly giving them positive reflections of their being. So when the time comes where you got to rip them into pieces for what they did, 
you've built up the bank account of all those reflections of being. And then they've got in the back of their mind, oh no, they see me, they see this being, they see that being, they see all these qualities of being. Oh no. And then hopefully in that moment, they can set aside the feedback that's coming at them that's hard to take in the ways where it might go into, I'm a bad person because you've built up, you've done all these deposits of you're a good person, you're a good person, you're a good person, you're a good person. And you just royally screwed this thing up, right? Okay, so hopefully you've built enough of the bank account to be able to prevent shame from happening. And in the end, it has nothing to do with you, right? It's between them and their childhood. There's only so much you can do to prevent shame trigger reactions. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.